Holla. Just popped a LaCroix. Nice, dude. Yeah, it's that That's time. That was. It's LaCroix mm. time. Was that time already? What? Have we already gotten to that time? Oh, yeah, that time already. Yep. It's the Pina Frase, pineapple and strawberry. Oh, it's one of those curates. Like the skinny skinny can. You know you're LaCroix, dude. <laughs> you know I know my, my LaCroix. <laughs> Three Dogs North is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible. The following has been torn from its origins in space and time and put entirely at your disposal. Alright, so I've, I'm recording this time for, for a change. So Good call. Good yeah. call. We owe an apology to our fans, frankly. After that last debacle, look, we know we owe nothing to our fans. I, no, I say more about that. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was just a power play on our part. Be like, yeah, you know, we can just take this away from you whenever we want, right? In fact, fans, <laughs> we're not gonna post this until you heed our demands. <laughs> <laughs> there would be no way for them to know what our demands were. No, no, no. They know. They absolutely know. I feel like we painted ourselves into a corner there. I'm going to stick to it. Well, I'm drinking a, um, I don't know, I, I think I call it a mini Americano. It's pretty, it's almost too fancy for its own good. Hmm. I made a, a two shot of espresso and then just a little hot water out of my Fernando <clears throat> Fernando Jort mini coffee hmm. cup that I got in El Salvador. feels very... You know, as you live into celibacy, you get more and more eccentric and more and more <laughs> things are just like only you, you do. do them, you know? No, like you have to, there's a couple ways, like you're just going to be a weirdo. Right. I'm more and more convinced of that. It, yeah. It has to be the case because, I mean, let's be real here. Old priests are weird. Mike, do you have a microphone in front of you? Yeah. Can you not hear me? I can hear you through Rob's probably. You sound very distant. Uh oh! Hey. Turn it on, son. Here we go. Is that better? Slightly. Dude, we should have done the sound check. Hang on. I I actually on. see that uh, Mike's microphone is in the one slot, and I'm gonna switch that really quick, no, 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 just no, no, to no. yep. Wait, maybe this. Hang on. Is it this one? Yeah. Try the gains. Oh, there we go, Mike. That was the gains. The man. gains. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna put it. I put all the knobs in the exact same position as Rob's. Okay. How is it? It's groovy as a monkey. Nice. What? All right. Well, Mike's got this dang old meeting, dude. So let's say a prayer right <coughs> after yeah, let's this. Dive into it. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Relax. Mm. So you guys are back. We're back, baby. The boys are back in town. Mm-hmm. Man, I uh, I'm kind of jealous of you guys being in seminary after watching that video that the Steels made. Whoa. I haven't watched it start to finish, but it's. Oh my gosh. So good. I watched it again. I, I was up at my parents' house on Sunday night, and uh, <laughs> after dinner was over, we've been playing games and stuff. I, I'm pretty much going up to see my folks every Sunday now. It's become a routine, which is kind of nice. And my brother lives like there. So yeah. we've been playing like Scrabble, which I always crush at. I feel bad. <laughs> like I, I want someone else to win, but I can't not do my best, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> go ahead. What were you going to say, Mike? 
Well, just you you dominate because your vocabulary is so expensive. No, it's not that. It's that I'm cutthroat. Like I see the little triple word scores off in the, the corner triple and word I just scores. find a way, oh. you know. Okay, and everybody we need else to play is some trying Scrabble. everybody else is trying to make good words and I'm just making like zit uh, with <laughs> you know, with the z yeah. 10 point triple word like twice. <laughs> I did zit twice. <laughs> off the same z. Anyways, yeah, if you play enough Scrabble, you know kind of weird words that match with the, the unique letters exactly. as well. And the two-letter words. There's a lot of two-letter words that you learn. Whoa. Like do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. Those are all words in the Scrabble dictionary. Wait, there's an official Scrabble dictionary? I think there is. I What I do is I, um, if there's a challenge, you know you're not allowed to um, look it up as you're playing. Right, unless right, someone right, challenges right. this, and then there's a there's stakes because if you challenge yep. and you're wrong, you lose your turn. If yep. you challenge mm. and you're right, that guy loses their turn. So, um, what I just do is I well I'll go, hey Siri, is such and such a word in Scrabble? And I'll spell it out. Is is R I a word in Scrabble? And then it'll look up um, Google, or you could just Google that phrase. <laughs> and the first thing is this dictionary, which like has all the different possible Scrabble dictionaries, like the Australia, the England, the UK, the US, and it'll say whether it is and then give a brief definition. But pretty much every possible letter combination, they'll say they'll have an entry. Oh, um, good to know. And it'll either say yes or no. Huh. That's, anyway. I'm not a big I'm not a big Scrabble guy, but I do like very clear rules. Mm-hmm. For, it's important. That's when we were in France. Yeah. Like the biggest fight that the four of us had was when we were playing that. Remember that movie game that had like start with a letter. Oh or something? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they, categories. Yeah, the back seat. No, not categories. No, it wasn't categories. Categories. Categories is when you roll a dice with a letter on it, and then you have to. We said it. nothing about dice. Oh, I we see. Were in a car. Yeah, I thought oh, you said okay. the first letter thing. You. That's what it got me. It, I, I don't know. It was some game, and then the back seat, aka Bremer and Mets. Dude, they cheated. Claimed the front seat. that we were changing the rules, which was oh, clearly I know not what the you case. Get. That dude, <laughs> I can't even remember what the heck happened. We found nuances. Oh no, this oh, is we what found they would do. Nuances. Oh, I will admit that <laughs> this is what they would do. We had we, we had like a minute time limit, so you just pick a letter and you try to go back and forth to see who can name a movie that begins with that letter. That's it. That's right and. And whatever team is That's exhausted a drink, it's first. It's a drinking game, if I remember correctly. We were not very clear here. We the were driver, not. at least, was not drinking. <laughs> <laughs> this is this Europe, is, man. It's very easy this going. This may explain. Yeah, I guess we can't say. And then we got so lost in Bordeaux <laughs> after that. But uh, so, they, so they figured it out is one right when their minute was being exhausted, <laughs> they would just throw out a, a game or a name that they knew wasn't actually a movie. No, that's not true. Yes. Was, no, we would throw out a name that could be a movie. Okay, so we there we go. It wasn't a movie. There we go. <laughs> yeah. So then, if they if they got it wrong, then you got like an extra thirty seconds, I think. See, that's what I do in Scrabble. I, I do that exact same thing in Scrabble. I'll just throw oh out a word. Gosh, dude, it drove me nuts. So all that aside, that was honky. It was a major comeback. Real, I mean, they could write. It a was book. a major comeback. They could. They could write a book about it at yeah, some point. Really and then make a movie he, out of that book. He found like these little nuance to the rules, and yeah, it just came roaring back. Ended up winning. It's like fourth quarter, two minute drill. It's Look, awesome. For anyone who's going to play Scrabble, this is the only life advice I'll ever give. Before you start the game, you have to decide on what dictionary you're going to use. Okay, uh, I just like, say use the Google. It no see. 
Well, it sounds like Google directs you to the Scrabble dictionary does, for yeah. American English. <clears throat> so like, I'll like put that. it in the show notes for our of this episode what the correct dictionary to use for Scrabble is because I know people are going to be wondering now. Yeah. Yeah, no no no, please do. I'll I'll use it. Send me that link, okay? <laughs> <laughs> do you guys actually play? Yeah, when was, at home when was the last time we played? When I go home, I'll play with my siblings and it'll get pretty competitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that one usually ruins the night. I I never play Scrabble, honestly. I don't know the last time I played. Are you a gamer with your family or friends, Rob? Uh, not really. Yeah, not not really. Like I like board games. Uh, and we'll play once in a while. Like we'll play Clue, maybe. Oh, or, nice. Uh, I kind of have a an itch to play Monopoly. Like just a full on same full on like eight hour Monopoly game. Sometimes same. same. Uh, mm. yeah, that happens every once in a while. It's kind of like I have a, I have an itch to go bowling, and then you go bowling, and you're like, oh, that's why I haven't bowled in a year. No, it's true. <laughs> that's how I used to get that way with basketball. I'd want to play basketball like one time a year, um, but now it's just it's like morphed into once every five years <laughs> for me. You're not a baller. Like, I, no, no, I'm not a baller. Not dude. all of us can be ballers like you, Baller Garner. No, that's what about true. shot callers? So that that actually brings us back to my original point where I brought up Scrabble is because last night I wasn't feeling, we weren't feeling games. The other game we play is Taboo. You guys ever play that one? That's one of my favorites from high school. Me and my friends used to play. It's like catchphrase, but the cards with the word that you're trying to get the person to guess has other words you can't say, which are related to that oh, word. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes yeah. it very hard. Yeah. But in any case, we weren't going to game and I need to get back. It's kind of far away. My parents are far away and I <clears throat> don't have my day off on Monday anymore. So I have to get home relatively early. So I was like, let's just watch this video that the Steel guys made. And they were very impressed oh, yeah. as well. This, we were talking about this. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, but that had the basketball tournament in it too. That reminded me of. Just, I, I just thought it was like the most accurate. Um. You know what I thought about later was that it's better than all these day in the life of a seminarian or a day in the life of a priest because hmm. there's no one day that really shows it. You know what I mean? What That's true. What it's like or, or what it's all about. But a year in review, like in a half an hour, really gives you a good sense of what the seminary is like. And I liked how they included... Um, guys leaving and interviewing guys as they were leaving, like w- what they got out of seminary and why, maybe why they were leaving. Or, hmm. um, I just thought, man, it already has. Like last night when we when I looked, it had eighty five hundred views. So, wow, just good, awesome. good on the Steel Boys and doing that because I don't think anybody asked them to do it, and they did it all with their own equipment and funds. And or oh, they did yeah. get, didn't they win that Canary Grant from you guys? They beat you well, for that, didn't they? Oh, you're right. Oh, my gosh. Did. Never mind. That video is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> That's no, horrible. That what a waste of time. A huge grace that we didn't get that thing. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You, we've healed from yeah. that. Oh, okay. But Good. they did get it over us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. true. <clears throat> yeah. But. Like, everybody got it over yeah, us. Actually, yeah. Actually, many, Stupid. many people won that over us. Uh, <laughs> but. <laughs> you were so confident you were going to get it. What yeah, for man. your what for your retreat thing? Your, we were confident like yeah, three years in a row we were gonna get it. Maybe even four. We weren't even close ever. <laughs> but anyway, How is that possible? I still. Anyway. I, I'm over it. Yeah. The wound is healed. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the only I need to watch it start to finish because 
I we were watching. We had a little break in class this morning, <clears throat> so me and Kirsten started watching clips from Dodgeball, the movie. I noticed that, which was amazing. Yeah, but then. We pulled up that video because I wanted to see what they had for the dodgeball tournament in there. That was another yeah. thing. And it was so cool, man. Oh, you guys didn't awesome. do that. That wasn't in existence when I was there. No, they just started that a few years ago. It's yeah. super fun. It's and very th- fun. Three North shows up for that yeah, thing, yeah. dude. It <laughs> is. It gets wild. It's so much fun. <laughs> but we weren't there. In that video, we were on internship. But I remember, like, Mano telling me about that. Um of uh, just like how raucous they were, and so in it, anyway, when Mano like leads, mm-hmm. lead the leads those guys out. Yeah, uh, what is that dance uh, that they're doing? I, I recognize that. Is it's that... from the dodgeball. Movie. Oh, it's from the actual movie. Yeah, that's it's right. The Cobra. Yeah. It's the Cobra. So <laughs> that's it's like, right. So you hit your legs like bump, 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 bump. Yeah, that's Ben Stiller's team. Ben Stiller mm-hmm. with his fluffy hair, his feathered yeah. hair. <laughs> we get booed by like profusely yeah, at that yeah. tournament. It's pretty great because we love to be the bad guy there and everyone loves that we are the bad guy. So yeah. I feel like Well you have to yeah. have a bad guy for for a sports thing. Yeah, for a good story. For mm-hmm. a fun, sure. fun story. It's very, very fun. Yeah, I I heard and it kinda helped me to realize I think why the video was so good. One, it's not a shortcut. Like they took a lot of time and a lot of energy. Yeah. A whole year they filmed, mm-hmm. maybe maybe even more. I mean, very consistently. We mm-hmm. saw them all the time with that. Um, so I think that's pretty evident. And then also, I heard an older older faculty member talking about it in the mailroom, and they were just like, you know, I think it actually could have been. They should have had some more shots of like a crucifix or guys praying. And I was thinking like, no, that's exactly like why it's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is because it's just assumed like Christ is assumed into the whole video exactly and like prayer and the sense of spirituality is it, it's just present without without ever actually saying it and it's like the way that they talk about the priesthood and the way they talk about prayer life um yeah I don't know it's not ever like so explicit I I, I really do think which we talk about quite a bit on the podcast but it's like that's good art that's mm-hmm. actually really good art. We had oh, artists yeah. who made that video who were also seminarians and are now priests. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like in no way is it trying to, well, I, I don't want to give it too effusive of prayer. I mean, it's not perfect. Um, there's some things that maybe I would have done differently or shown differently or, but I mean, for guys that I don't know what their background is in making films and things like that, but it just, it's not manipulative at all. It's, but it's also not just um, it's also not just descriptive, you know. It's like it processes actual information and makes it in, into a story. You know, it's not just let's follow you around with a camera and see what happens to you today. It's like they took the time to sort of know, like even the days thing. Like I never really counted down the days until I was yeah. ordained a priest, nor did I know. Or like even would I have even hmm. been able to figure out how many I guess I could have because the ordinations are always the second Saturday or whatever but um, that was like a helpful thing to show the momentum you know um, like the story had direction but it was also just like you said it wasn't I don't know ham-handed or sentimental about the spirituality thing it was like these are just normal guys playing touch football and boxing each other and playing dodgeball and studying and laughing and playing music and um it wasn't it it it, it wasn't either 
way over spiritualized or way over like seminarians are normal fun guys and you can be just like everybody else and still be a priest yeah. you know it wasn't Do you like that be this awesome exactly yeah, sure. not? yeah. yeah. I, I don't like the narrative of like you can you know you don't have to be a boring idiot uh to be a <laughs> priest you know like that that wasn't well, the impression i got but at the same time it did say that you know yeah, and I think it did that by actually getting the time to know the guys in the seminary. So mm-hmm. like it, which specifically I think was highlighted with Dan, Father Dan Steele himself. Like you kind of see him pop up, he's skateboarding at some points and like doing some, which he loved to do before seminary. And I didn't realize he was so good at skating. <clears throat> yeah, him and Peter, I think were, I mean, Peter, they, they look like skaters. They, they kind of do now that you know, understand them that. a little bit better. Wild men. Yeah. But then at the very end, like it just it shows people in the seminary and actually takes time to interview them and talk to them. And like it's got a couple of kata just yelling and singing. And and then like I thought the thing that highlighted that the most was um, like Dan, his, his I think it's the final scene in the in the little video. He says, you know, one day till priesthood. Mm. Like the day before his ordination, they're filming. That's that. how the video ends. Yeah. It's him like clearly being excited about his ordination, um, but just having it be so personal. And like, I think it actually, you, you do get a sense of the people in the video, which is really, that's the highlight of seminary at the end of the day. It like, totally the is. Seminarians, the seminarians are the most appealing part about seminary. Mm-hmm. So I think they did a good job of showing that as well. Some funny dudes, Dominic Clemente, the rights practicum stuff mm-hmm. uh, for the confession. Mm-hmm. Super funny. Yep. Like, yep. really good. Jagger makes some appearances. <laughs> Gosh. He does. <laughs> hey, you got, you got your microphone a little close to the CompuBot, and I can hear myself. Oh, okay. Better? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so anyways, I'm, I was a little jealous for a minute. My mom asked me at the end when we were done watching it, she's like, so do you miss seminary and i was like yeah i do in the same way that i kind of miss college you know that um there's a lot of kids going to college this time of year in my parish yeah and uh even a few of them came i tweeted about this last night a few of them came back to mass already um and i i I was thinking to myself man you are a much nicer kid than i was my freshman year i was like all right i'm going to college peace i will call you in a month (laughs) you know (laughs) um oh man but just thinking about that time in your life, like heading out for the first time, you're 18, totally don't know anything about the world or life, and you're just figuring it out, and you just got a bunch of people your age in this same exact stage with all this freedom and privilege. It was a, it's kind of a crazy time, but I don't want to go back there, you know? I'm, I feel much more like I understand reality and understand life. You can't, you can't put the Pandora back in the box, but... There's sort of a nostalgia to that, that, uh, you know, you guys are coming to your last year, which is different because you'll be in the parish on the, well, a lot of the guys are going to be in parishes on weekends now, huh? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, already, the... I would even say though, for us, like, well, I'm like able, I connection, uh, to the parish that I'm going to. So like no people there and blah, blah, but, um, it's been cool because like the first couple of weeks back, I guess we've been back for two weeks have been super fun to like see the old guys and yeah. hang out up on, on the cam a lot. And like, it's been really good. And I kind of reflected that on my drive back yesterday of like, it was a great weekend. It was great to see people. I preached 
and like didn't have any like earth shattering conversations, but you know, like just touch base with a couple people that are sick and like just some heavy, like very serious things happening, like very practical right here in the now. Um, and so I definitely came back with a different feeling than I ever have, like from a, a weekend at a parish, like the little bit I've done that and, and everything. So I don't know. It's just a, I think it's a pretty cool mix right now, hmm. actually, of like there is that and um, like I, I really do feel like present and engaged there and like it's a real blessing. Um, and then just to be able to come here and like just, you know, goof around with the, the buddies and yeah. stuff like that has been like really, really fun um, <laughs> as well. So it's just, it's a good spot. It's a cool spot as a deacon. Anyway, I didn't know how it'd be like, you know, you hear of guys get like deaconitis and like kind of get a little bitter, you know, and want to get out of here and stuff. Um, and maybe that'll come, but it's been, yeah, it's been really, really good to be back. From the outside looking in, it seems like you guys have a good class though of deacons that, cause you, I noticed in my years as an underclassman, the personality of the class would come through and the deaconitis kind of classes were the ones that were just sort of negative, uh, guys. And they were like, Oh, I'm so looking forward to be done with all this dumb these dumb meetings and classes and be out in the yeah. parish and uh, i'm totally done with this seminar i've been in here for like eight years and blah 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 whereas i i well i always loved school i didn't want college to end i didn't want seminary to end like i wanted to yeah. move on with life but i i also enjoyed that time and the people there and yeah the the regular schedule and stuff plus i had no illusions that there would be less bs after the seminary was over <laughs> you know oh, anything sure. there'd be yeah. more um <clears throat> But uh, it seems to me like you guys have a good class. And that was another thing I was going to ask you about or point out that I sort of noticed. I don't know if I noticed 100% how much this was the case when I was a deacon. But certainly looking back to when I was like in pre-theology and looking at the deacons and talking to them, um, how important those guys were for me. Just like... The idea that there were guys, I remember Ben Hass, Father Ben Hass was a, a fourth year, my first year in seminary, and he wasn't a deacon yet. He was ordained a deacon in the fall, and he was talking to a priest. I was sitting with him at a table, like a lunch or dinner table, and a priest comes by and he's like, oh, hey, you know, um, I'd love for you to come to my deacon ordination at such and such date or my priesthood ordination. It's this date, you know, and like he had these dates. And he was looking forward to his ordination. And I was not in that spot at all yet where mm -hmm. I, I would even think of my ordination. I was I was still in the, if I deign to do this, you know, if I if the church is so lucky as to have me, um, <laughs> that's that arrogant attitude. But just hearing him talk about it so nonchalant and even excited opened my imagination to the idea that someone could be not terrified of that you know and actually excited um and it was inspiring and you probably don't realize how many people you're doing that you you are that guy for um in the seminary because it is it's all about the people um that you happen to be with god puts you there with with certain people that you can't control yeah no you're i i've thought about it actually quite a bit just looking back and seeing how other older guys in seminary, well, just friends in general in seminary have been so formative for me. Um, like I would not be who I am today or like as a deacon and probably as a priest, 
if I was not in this seminary with the people, the friends that I was with. And so just to see how, how much oh, those yeah. friendships really do shape us. But because I've, I've also thought like, is this, am I that guy? Like exactly what you're saying, which it sounds like you're saying, yes, you are that guy. Mm-hmm. You are, um, no doubt. And then my, my next question is like, is that even a good thing to think about? Or is it so beautiful because those guys don't know that they're doing it? They're just, they're just doing it. You know? Yeah, there's no way Ben knew that that little comment he made, that inviting a guy to his ordination three months in advance freaked yeah, me out that I, much. I also kind of, it's just kind of annoying when you have an older guy walking around like, who needs a mentor? Like, <laughs> come, come under my wing. <laughs> like, what is that, Drillbit Taylor? He's like, What's, you guys know what this is? This is my wing, and you're under it. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I do not want to do that, obviously. But like you said, there's still the reality that it's present, that we are the deacons. And mm-hmm. so, well, if yeah, anything, guess- just to be mindful of the responsibility of it all. So you don't, you aren't the dinguses who are just counting down the days and are like, oh man, this is so lame. I can't wait to be out of here. Yeah. Um, there should be an excitement to move on, but in the positive sense of like, like I said, I was so grateful. It's unbelievable the privileges you have as a seminarian, that you're going to school and that you have an archdiocese or a diocese paying for you to get all this training yeah, and eat, you know, and not have to cook. Uh, it's a, what was the Fulton Sheen line I put on my door from the priest is not his own? He's like, We're, we have tr- two principal gripes in life as priests, the food in the seminary and the bravery once we're ordained. And he's like, but we grew fat on the meals in the seminary and we'll grow in holiness by the bravery. Um, it's true. Like why, why complain about it when you can realize what a gift it is to be in there for those years? Um, now I only had to go six years. Some guys like Valerie in, uh, the video said he'd started seminary in 1999. Yeah. So that's 17 good years right there. (laughs) There's a guy, there's a guy who, you know, would never complain. I've never Never. complained. Yeah. Nope. Never, never. Yep. Yeah. Anywho, I do like, I, I haven't seen that. Yeah. Like I said, I haven't watched that video straight through, but I, just to hear that they like featured some guys that discerned out as well is that's just like so good to hear, honestly. Um, of even like buddies that I've had here that have made really good discernments and, and left and, Shout out to Luke Cusack. Cusack, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> we know you are. Um, cutie daughter. Yep. But uh, actually, when he left, I remember that's one of the first like uh, real conversations I held with you, old Bistron. You checked on me. I don't know if you remember doing that hmm. or not, because he was on. Luke was a dog as well, and he lived right next to yeah, us. Yeah, that's right. right there. That's right. And uh, so he that was like our second year, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Who is? Oh, Shane. It was me, you, him, and Shane from our original <laughs> class. But Shane didn't oh, Shane. come back in the fall. Yeah. Uh, Shane, I <laughs> he was highly a wacky doubt dude. Dude. <laughs> Shane, I highly doubt you're listening to this. Yeah. But if you are, shout out. Yeah. So bleep out that, what you just said, by the way, <laughs> just in case. Uh, Wasn't he? I'm remembering Shane as the guy chasing the turkey around. Yeah, that happened. Yep, with the okay. huge beard. Yeah. That's that's the reason I say he was a wacky dude because that's that memory burned in my mind from looking <laughs> off of the three north balcony. That turkey situation was so weird. That, that was it, freaking t- Tom Turkey was just hanging out for a week. 
Yeah, that huge. was weird. It was like a Thanksgiving Baron, miracle. Baron could not have been more stoked about it. <laughs> he loved that turkey. <laughs> it was like a mascot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. But Shane yeah. was like galloping around chasing it and making the turkey noise. Yep. Oh, gosh, dude. He yeah. Was, he was hilarious. Anyway, yeah. so Luke left. <clears throat> oh, Luke left. And I just remember I might have even like been by your room or something like that. And it was just like it was probably 10 minutes uh, like talking to you. And it was just very clear like you just wanted to you like had acknowledged that it was one of our first like kind of like core group of buddies that had left. And mm-hmm. it was just simply like checking like, hey, you know, don't know where you're discernment wise or whatever. But uh, I think you even shared the story of like when one of your good buddies left, you had like a jealousy you know, it's like I should have done that type thing when mm-hmm. it first happened to you. Yeah. And so just being able to like process that with somebody was was really huge because at the time, I mean, I was like very unsure if I was going to keep going or or not. So it didn't like it actually hadn't rocked me that much. It seemed like Luke was in a really good spot and everything. But uh, I just remember that like the notion of like being looked out for and yeah, it was really. It was I had really, you under my wing, bro. Why is there something rather than nothing? Woo! Yeah. Yeah, we've had some. I mean, it's been... Yeah, something has been very fun. It's it, been a long... I'm ready to be done. Yeah. Like, I I really... I, I don't think, like, leaving here will be... I'm kind of like you, though, Bisc, of, like, I will miss it. And in some ways, like, I don't want it to end. Um, But I am, like, I think the spring will be, like, very, very good. Like, yeah. I'm, um, so, like, that notion... I'm excited about, but, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it, we've had, it's been a wild ride. Yeah. It has, it's pretty nostalgic, <laughs> like being here as Deacon seminarians. Yeah. Yeah. This last year, you're a priest. Uh, the podcast started, was it four years ago, three years ago? Wow. How yeah. long has it been? 2014. Was, we started when it, the March right, F14, 14, March of my yeah, ordination so this is year. Three, three and a half years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this will be like the fourth year of the existence of the podcast <laughs> coming up here. Um, and just to kind of see, well, it's interesting to have talked about the steel video, which is, it's pretty nostalgic and it kind of like, like even when you're in seminary, it's like, oh my gosh, it, it just gives you like kind of warm fuzzies about the seminary and, and I mean, it, it portrays it realistically, but it's also, you know, a nice video and kind of like, man, seminary is great. It kind of reveals that to you. Yeah. At least it did for me. Um, yeah. And to be getting close to wrapping it up yeah. formally. And it's nice because at least for me, like we've had like very fun experiences yeah. and gotten like a little bit of trouble. I feel like a healthy amount. But yeah. but like I also think back to my college days, which were also very fun. There's like several occasions. I'm just very glad I didn't get arrested and things like that, you know. So it's just been this like, I don't know, like maturing and uh, yeah, really good yeah. years. Yeah, which is also interesting because I noticed even from you like going to the parish and then coming back and what it sounded like, or at least what I picked on was like maybe noticing that here in seminary, like we have a fair amount of levity. Like there's not a... Of course, there are very serious life situations that we experience oh, yeah, and encounter and absolutely. things like that. But yep. for the most part, like <laughs> we're hanging out with friends, studying and like fairly lighthearted stuff. 
And so like even that transition into the constant life of people, sure. there is certainly weight that comes to that. Um, yeah. Hmm. So I, even just transitioning and looking forward to what this year is going to hold and um, yeah, it's exciting, <laughs> but it's different. It's exciting and different uh, living into, I will say that man, like living into ordination has been insanely fun and just so fulfilling. And I hope that that stays the same um, while, while in seminary. Yep. You have to keep that fire stoked. One, one thing that I remember from seminary or, or appreciate more now being out of seminary is that I never really had to articulate why, um, I wanted everybody to have what I had, you know, in in the sense that like I could just I I could get up every morning and just assume um the best thing for every human being is to uh turn their life over to Christ and to- and totally leave behind everything and and follow him, you know, and live life on his terms. Which I still have like intellectually, but emotionally, uh, psychologically, uh socially, it's it's much more difficult because you're kind of by yourself my situation is kind of unique that for the last six months i've basically been living by myself Um, Mm -hmm. and so i I mean i have friends and i I go and visit people on my days off i see my family i talk to you guys but it's not the same you're not like just soaking in the um in the juice you know of of seminary where there's this esprit de corps of guys where where you're just like this is how God wants us to be happy, uh, following him, like excited about what's in store for us. You know, um, there's a horizon on the, on like the, that I can see that I'm going to get to pretty soon. And I'm going to, I'm excited to see what's on the other side of that. The challenge in the parish is that you're like, you're with people in their daily life. That's just going on. And you're just, you don't, you know, you don't have, I'm not thinking about, oh man, my next parish is going to be so sweet or my next thing that I'm doing or, or whatever. I'm, I'm here. This is my main thing, yep. you know? And, yep. um, and you have to constantly, you have to live your spiritual life with utter seriousness, you know? Um, take seriously your own conscience. I was just thinking about this, this week, like when was the last time I went to confession? I really need to go to confession. And like getting on masstimes.org and looking for confession near me. And I'm in a confession desert, you know, mm-hmm. like the only times are when I'm hearing confessions. It's like Saturday morning or afternoon or whatever, or I, or I have mass. Uh, there's no weekday times anywhere, um, like within mm. 45 minutes of me. Uh, and that's that's a challenge, you know, like there's not, whereas in seminary, I could just go to pop over to Marytown or the seminary had confession times on Tuesday afternoons or whatever, or I could just go find a priest, you know, or my spiritual director lived near me, you know, here you just feel a little bit flung out of the fire. Um, and you have to, you know, try to light fires where you're at and rather than go out, you know, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. So it's, um, yeah, I know that. Nope. Well, I was just gonna say you have to, while you're there, really learn that to the deepest core of your being that this is this is the way you know 
that Jesus is my life and that's it. And I'm staking my flag right there till the day I die. And all these decisions and commitments and sacrifices I'm making, I intend to keep them uh, because what I feel and know right now, regardless of what I feel later on, if it's great or if sometimes it's hard, um, you know, because like a lot of our conversations on this podcast have been like even to the, I, I just find it amazing that I am a priest. I find it amazing that God chose me and not a particularly generous or hardworking kid uh, from a pretty privileged background who had everything kind of handed to him, you know, to give my life up in, in a certain way. Um, you know, I, I feel like I've gained a lot, much more than I've given up, but um, like the stories that we've told about CPE and visiting people in nursing homes or, or working with the poor and things like not things I never would have by my own devices ever chosen to, to do. And how I felt alive doing them, um, like experienced the law of the gift and giving away my life and actually receiving more. But there are times too when it's like you don't feel anything, you don't get anything out of it, and you just and that's the cross, and that's 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 when I have to acknowledge like I'm being saved right now. Jesus is saving me from this mercenary attitude toward Him that like it's worth serving you so long as I get something out of it. You know, like the next level. I feel like is, do you choose me no matter what? You know what I mean? And that, um, that really affects things, I think. Like more than any program or more than like coming in here or even, even any video or podcast, like inspiring people. Like sometimes I feel like we get on our prosperity gospel train inadvertently thinking, just turn your life over to Christ and do this and, and go to confession and, and go to mass and, and, uh, become a priest because it kicks ass, you know, um, and you, it'll make your life awesome. But sometimes it makes your life a lot harder and that's good. You know, like that's, that's actually um, the cross. That's actually the gospel that yeah. like look at Therese or Mother Teresa and they were not, you know, always preaching about how this will make you a thousand times happier in a, in a shallow sense than, like living life for yourself and making a lot of money <clears throat> and going on fancy vacations and owning fancy cars and things like those things will make you happy, but they won't give you joy. They won't give you <clears throat> abiding peace that you are where you're supposed to be. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I think so because it's interesting. Um, even like some, from some conversations we had on the cast, like early in the summer, um, even like running into that of like my parish experience, this summer, which was very positive and like very good, but there's just days you, it was just this realization of like, I have no idea how to do this. You mm -hmm. know, there's so much that goes into this that I was not aware of and blah, blah. And, uh, anyway, so I've kind of been, haven't been able to articulate it yet, but been thinking about that question as like, man, as a young priest in a year, you know, in, in a lot of ways, like you're, you're back to the low man on the totem pole amongst the presbyterate and, like inexperienced and all this stuff, which is comes with a lot of excitements. Um, but it's just this realization too of like, yeah, I mean, seminary has been fun and it's like gotten, uh, like I think comfortable in like a good sense of the word is, um, I don't mean that negatively. It's just like, it's been a really good like rhythm of life the past few years, you know, uh, especially 
since you know kind of firmly like committed to the vocation and um like really felt convicted and peace with with that so the discernment question in that sense was kind of over and able to kind of really dive in and it's i've kind of been thinking about it in terms of like just my own personal history as well focus is doing their like leadership conference in chicago this coming january or something and they asked me to do one of like just the little like five minute like testimony talks at the seminarian breakfast on the saturday of it and it was an interesting like they sent me the topic exactly and it's like um you know how has spiritual multiplication like impacted your life as a seminarian or something like that i don't remember what exactly what it is I got like three months to think about this, which is great, but it just hit me as like, I haven't thought in those terms, like in a really long time, not the sense of like spiritual multiplication being an important thing and like actually like both being a disciple and, and like trying to be, um, like a real like discipler to other people as well, um, but just like that lingo and those terms and like that way of life as a focused missionary was so radically different than the way of life as a seminarian hmm. that it was like, I, I'm really going to have to think about this question because I it, like that question would have never crossed my mind to like really articulate that well. Um, so any insights you guys have to that would be great because I kind of read it and I was like, man, I thought this would be super easy. Just like get up there and talk for five minutes. And um, But anyway, the moral of that story, like in this conversation is like, I'm kind of realizing that again as a priest is like the structure of life and everything is going to be so different again that, you know, it's going to change me in a lot of ways that you trust the Holy Spirit. It's going to be good. And like, yeah, it's kind of like the lead kindly light idea. You know, it's just like wherever you want, Lord is great. But um, that notion of like suffering is very real in that. What you were talking about, at least for me, Bisque, it's like, no, it's going to come with like very real like responsibilities and changes and things I'm going to have to let go of and, and doing, things I'm going to have doing to, things you would rather not be doing. Yeah. Things I'm going to have to be at that I don't necessarily want to be at, right. you know? And, um, which, yeah, it's, it's like at this stage, it's like, yeah, dive into it. It's awesome. Uh, but I like in those moments, oh yeah, man, it doesn't, it doesn't make you want to be there anymore. Um, so yeah. But that's, that's all the more why, I feel like if you don't do don't do what you remember brought you here, you know, like pray yeah. every day, go to confession, visit the blessed sacrament. Like these things are all you know, you don't graduate from those things, you know. There's a there's oh, a, yeah. a very subtle temptation that you're like, well, um I know better. You know, like that that comfort you were saying in a good way, like you're you're used to the rhythm of life. You know, you know your way around this. Yeah. You can also start making exceptions for yourself because you are so comfortable. Oh yeah. Um, and the moment you start doing that, you have to starve yourself, deny yourself and, and just go back to basics because there, there is no graduating from that. There's no, my work is my prayer or Nick on, on vacation gave a homily. Um, when we were, we said mass every day when we were fishing and he quoted somebody, I can't remember who, um, about the priesthood that we we handle sacred things the temptation is to handle these sacred things from the outside rather than the inside since we're always um you know the more you yeah. celebrate mass the more it becomes a routine the closer you are to the eucharist like it's like it's in your hands it's happening 
in with your voice uh there's a familiarity there that's not good in, in the sense like that the sacred can start to seem profane or like your job or something and you have to constantly make sure that you're handling the the interior reality with awe and respect and fear even um of the responsibility you have as a priest rather than like the sort of nonchalant casual well you know i've been at this for a few years so i know what i'm doing and blah 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 and you can you can sort of take it a little bit more lackadaisical um because it's it's serious business you know um even though in that, that video what you were what this conversation started this aspect of it was like the levity of the seminary like there is there's a certain not taking yourself very seriously uh, and what's kind of shocking or, or startling maybe to the outsider watching a video like that or meeting a seminarian who, you know, talks, makes jokes and talks about movies and stuff is like, wow, you you are doing something so serious, yet you are not always serious. You know, like you can be funny, you can be a, a normal person. Um, but so long as that that levity doesn't uh, obscure the very heaviness of what we're about, um, then that's a good thing. Cause it, it, you need it. You need relief. Honestly, like that's why I like joking with you guys because mm-hmm. you, yeah. you just need relief. Yeah. Uh, can yeah. I, can I really possibly care so deeply about every single thing that I hear about? Cause you, it would just crush you. It would kill you. You know? Yeah. Something along those lines came up today in the rights practicum class um, <clears throat> which we're, we're learning the, uh, rights for reconciliation. So it's pretty exciting to actually be in there and to be yeah. like starting to learn how to hear confessions. Um, and the thought occurred to me, we were like talking about the seal and I can't remember exactly what we were talking about cause I was kind of looking at college football stuff, the whole class, <laughs> but a thought came to my mind is I remember hearing like every priest get up. Oh yeah, he was talking about how nervous people get to come in to go to confession. I still get nervous at times to go to confession. Like I'm gonna be a priest, and I'm worried. Still have that sense of worry of like, oh my gosh, here's this guy, and this is a guy I'm gonna tell all of my stuff. Like yeah, that's kind of crazy, you know. And so he was talking about how you talk to seventh grade or seven year olds who are like first going to confession, and because they get so nervous and. And I just remember hearing a bunch of priests come up and like hearing that spiel a couple of times and they would always say like, oh, don't worry, there's nothing to be afraid of. Um, these priests have heard everything. Like you can't say anything that's going to shock them. And like the classic, I'll give you $20 if you say something I haven't heard before. Like I promise you there's nothing that you're going to say that's really going to shake me or I'm even going to remember. And I thought today, like how long does it take to get like that? <laughs> <laughs> Not long. Because like you hear, you hear some stuff. You, I mean, you hear everything in the confessional, like some of the darkest parts of people's lives. I mean, the darkest parts of people's lives, the darkest parts of humanity, and that's just what the priest hears all the time when he sits in that confessional. And like, how? Because I know we can say like, yeah, you take it to the cross and you take it to the Lord, and like it, it's definitely Christ is the one who bears that, not us. Christ is the one who bears that, not the priest. But you're still hearing like the the most troubling aspects of people's lives and really the worst parts of them, you know, and that's what you sit in and you listen to for hours and hours. Like, how does a priest, how do they deal with that? How long does it take for that to be normal? 
is it ever normal you know i don't think it's ever normal that's my guess i've only been doing it for three years but i don't think it'll ever be normal yeah and that's that that's good i I don't want it to be like oh well just another mortal sin you know that i'm absolving the eternal consequences of no big deal yeah that's that's not how how you want but yeah yeah and 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 i i just say that to get to the point like i can remember being on internship and i had a very young priest that i worked with and people would come after him before mass and they would be like hey father i need to go to confession right before mass and he was just so had such a generous heart he would just say yes to people and i can remember times where he would come out of that confessional and be like going in to celebrate mass and it looks like he got ran over by a train like he, you could just tell he was like processing all this stuff and he's this very young, newly ordained guy. And then after mass, like he was a joyful, lighthearted guy. So like just like mentioning things in life that I've seen with priests where there is both that levity, but then there's also the, the reality that the life of a priest is, yeah, like you're saying, like you deal with real, the most real stuff, you know, um, yeah, I don't I don't know what that's going to be like. Like what what effect that's going to have on me? Um I guess that's something I'm worried about is how much will people's how much will life just kind of like bear you down, you know? What will that do to your soul? I don't know. I've, a few times I've been like slightly late to things and I'll be like, "Oh, sorry, I was at a wake." And people will be, "Oh, I'm sorry." And then I think to myself, "Oh, oh yeah, that's right." not everybody goes to wakes all the time <laughs> like, oh, sorry why, why are you sorry oh because wakes are sad yeah that's my job i go to them like once a week you know hmm. i don't know i don't know the answer guys but i know it's possible and you look at guys that have been priests for 60 years and you're like that's what i said in my very first mass homily um I look at those guys and I think, can I do that? You know, but you can't. And Jesus doesn't ask you to do anything for 60 years. He asks you to do it today, you know, and then do it again the next day and the day after that and the day after that. And that's what you do. Um, I, I think that one of the things that's mystifying to me is like, what am I, what am I really doing here in the seminary? It's so clear. You're getting ready to be a priest. You have to learn the things. You have to take the classes. Here's the schedule. Here's how many years you have to be here. Do the things. Learn the, learn the Spanish. Go to the hospital. Do all these things. And then you're done. Whereas in the parish, you're like, okay, now, uh, you know, bring the kingdom of God. Make disciples of all nations, you know. <laughs> oh, where do I start? You know, it's very easy to fall into complacency. Like you're just, you're doing the bare minimum. Or you're doing what's expected of you. But um where would you even start to like really transform a place and what would that even look like and um that's where i have to just keep going back to basics keeping it simple like doing the listening to god and doing what he's the george washington carver thing where they asked him how do you decide what to do um or what projects to to pursue and he said he had a stump in his backyard that he would go sit on every morning, ask God what he was supposed to do that day, and then he would go do it. Mm. Um, Sometimes I think it is that simple, like just biting off what you can chew rather than trying to 
change a parish or change the world, that's a that's the fool's errand. But to change yourself and, and to do God's will today with the people right in front of you, that's actually hard, but it's possible, you know. So spiritual multiplication, I don't know. I would talk about what we're talking about with the, you know, like the guys in the seminary. Sometimes that, that felt like the most important spiritual multiplication you could do is to, obviously these guys are already committed disciples if they're coming to seminary, but it's still spiritual multiplication in a way. Oh, sure. You know? Yeah. I'm still thinking about the fool's errand. I like that. Fool's I like errand. that. Mm-hmm. Well, Mike, you got to go to this meeting. Yeah, I got to go to this meeting. Dang, dude, I feel like this is, well, that's good stuff right there. I always think of Jeremiah, like mm-hmm. Dr. Nagel's class, the prophet's class. and that even was this the weekend that duped you. This duped past me. Sunday. Duped yeah. me. Let myself and, like, be he duped. He says, I'll never proclaim your name again. But then like lava, it's like, like a burning fire inside. I can't keep it in my belly, mm-hmm. you know? And like just that image of how many times even in seminary, and, like even now I can feel it getting into a routine as a deacon, like I'm comfortable. And then like in a lot of ways I can just blow past stuff and blow by guys and blow past uncomfortable situations. But like really praying, like let the fire inside, hopefully like melt the stony heart, you know, to be, to be open again to, um, yeah, to having encounters with people. And cause like, yeah, you get in here and they're so, so busy and, um, and like following the Lord is is challenging and painful sometimes, but like her whole point was you can't not do it. Like even with that present, Jeremiah couldn't not proclaim the word of God, and it just burst forth from him. Um, yeah, and I guess that's been my experience. I love I love Jeremiah. I mean, so I'm kind of bummed because I feel like we're like there at least moving in that direction. But I do have to go to this meeting. Proclaim it, dude. Hey, Here I think I'm going to your parish for seminary appeal. Yes, I requested you. Ooh! Nice. So that's when? In a couple weeks, right? Three. Three weeks? It's not this weekend or the <laughs> next one, but the weekend after Gosh, that. Gosh, we've had nice. second collections here like every week. We got another one for the hurricane this coming weekend. I mean, it's all good stuff, but I feel like people get tired of second collections. Yeah, but they don't always have a guy coming to speak about it. That's right. True. We had the Little yeah. Sisters of the Poor this weekend, and they made me scones. Dude. They were so awesome, dude. I love the Little Sisters of the Poor. That's pretty cool. Dang it. That's awesome. They came in hey, compete with them? Hey, does this time work for you? Like Mondays at 11 uh, Typically, yeah, I think so. Okay, you want to just plan on that? Cool. And we should get, we'll try to, like this week sometime, we'll try to work on a uh, maybe like a hangout down in Blue Island or if you're in the area, um, that would be good too. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, we definitely need to, we need to spend time together. Did you see Dunkirk, by the way, Bisque? No. Was that a movie? Yeah, dude, it was so good. Um, it came out over the, it, you know, it's probably been a couple months actually, but great movie. World War II, it's about um, when like all the British troops got stranded at Gun- Dunkirk, France and had to get across the English Channel. Hmm. Um, it's super, super good. So, Anywho. That's in the theater? It was the last time I checked. Anyway. But hmm. I would go see it again, for sure. I don't, right. there's any other, I don't know if there's any other good movies out. Um, there might yeah, be. I've been a couple times where I'm hanging with guys and I'm like, what do you want to do? I don't know. Go see a movie, and then you look, and there's no good movies out. Yeah, I know, I know. No, 
No, I, I literally ran into that a couple times over the summer. I was like kind of torn to see Spider-Man. But... Yes, I got to go, but y'all can stay and chit-chat, all right? Peace, man. Peace, Mike. Peace, Mike. Bye, Mike. Hope you find your dad. Hope you find your dad. Three Dogs North are Juice, Seabisque, and Michael Metz. Conversations have been edited to sound smarter. Audio and transcripts of this episode are exclusive property of Mundelein Seminary and may not be rebroadcast without the express written consent of Major League Baseball. Good girl.